David. I'm Emily. And we have Jonathan back with us today. Oh, thank goodness. It's good to be back. Good to see you. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Jonathan. I hate the winter so much. I hate being sick. Ugh. I hate being cold. And I hate zombies, to be honest. Well, you're going to talk about them for the next 10 minutes. They're smelly and they're mean, and I don't (laughs) like them very much. (laughs) We're back to talk about zombies, and today we're going to be looking at some more complicated games and uh, looking at some different things that we've enjoyed in the zombie genre. And so since you guys are the hosts and I'm like the guest this week, that means I basically get to shoot my mouth off and say whatever I feel like without any concern about balance or any of these things. That's, yeah, we'll see. About that. We should always do this. <laughs> <laughs> so we've talked already about franchise games, which is something that uh, we spent uh, Wednesday's episode looking at because there's a lot of those. But there's a lot of other zombie games out there that are completely original. Uh, Jonathan, what uh, zombie games have you come across that you've played and enjoyed? Well... Here's the thing. I'm not a big believer in zombies as a theme. I mean, zombies themselves are dull. They're not interesting. They don't really have much of a motivation other than to eat stuff. I mean, in in most zombie games, they don't really need to be zombies. They might as well be orcs or Nazis or whatever else is some random thing that you don't have to feel bad about killing between you and your objective. And that's the way it is in some computer games as well. Think about something like Resident Evil. You're mowing Mm -hmm. down hordes of undead. That's the way it is in board games like Zombie Side or Dead Panic or run, fight, or die, these kinds of things. And that's not particularly interesting to me. Where it does get interesting to me is in stories that aren't about the zombies, that are about the survivors, and what it's like for them having to contend with this new and changed world. I think right. I think that's the reason why Walking Dead is the big success that it is. And other things like Resident Evil are still kind of niche And to my knowledge, there are only two games that get it right. Those are... Uh, Dead of Winter, which you guys already spoke about last time, and City of Horror, right. which came out for, for a long time. It actually used to be called Mall of Horror, and then it was redone as City of Horror. And for the longest time, it was the only zombie game out there mm-hmm. that you could play that was really about questions of what are you going to do when the chips are down? Even just like zombie game in general, like wasn't it like one of the first? It absolutely was. Games this it was be, it was long before The Walking Dead was a thing. Yeah, uh, Mall of Horror came out before zombies were particularly popular. This uh, back then, vampires were the undead of choice. Ah, yes, right. Twilight. Yeah, and uh, Rice. Well, actually, yeah, and, and Rice exactly. Yeah. This is mm-hmm. the first vampire Theory wave. Of Dracula. This sort of thing, you yeah. know, if, uh, the Vampire the Masquerade, the role playing game yeah. from White Wolf. That's a whole other episode right there. Yeah, but I'll um, do that one sometime. That would actually be kind of cool. But um, City of Horror is a game about survival. That's what it is. You've got six locations and each player's got a team of three little survivors. You're trying to keep them alive for four turns. That's it. Just got to keep them alive for four turns. Then the army helicopter arrives and rescues everybody who looks like they're not infected already. And four turns doesn't sound like it's going to be that It difficult. really doesn't. And yet, uh, okay, problem. There's a zombie apocalypse going on. Every turn, more and more of the things are going to appear at each of these six locations. And if there's enough of them at a particular spot, they're going to attack. And there's one way only one way to get them to stop and that's to feed them which means the characters who are inside that location are going to have to take a vote and they have to decide who to throw it into the streets great love it <laughs> so the interesting part isn't so much the vote it's the discussion that happens just before the vote mm-hmm. when people are begging or promising or threatening or whatever it takes to get people to point at somebody else anybody <laughs> else 
when that vote comes up. And uh, it also has this wonderful thing where the army also sort of drops goodies on the board. And if you're in a location where the goodies are, you have to take a vote to decide who gets to distribute them. So, okay, one, two, three, everybody point. And of course, everybody's going to point at themselves because you want to be the one who decides where stuff goes. But here's the catch. If there's a tie for one of those votes... Nobody gets anything. Oh, oh, my God. Nope. Like, nobody at all, or just those two people? Nobody gets anything. Oh, that's horrible. So, that's so you're good. if you want to get any of these goodies, you have to trust somebody. You have to say to somebody, all right, I'll point at you, but when you disturb stuff, I want this thing. So, this is how it's going to work, right? We promise? It's good? Yeah? And you know, so you know what the stuff is before it's distributed as well. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> oh. That's worse. But, of course, no deal that you make is binding. Right. And, yeah, so if you want your serious Walking Dead-style them-or-you moments, pretty hard to beat City of Hearts, a game where you won't still be friends after it's over, <laughs> if you play it right, but it's a hell of a thing. It, it, it says three to six players on the box, that's a lie. You really want at least five players, five or six, right. for this one, otherwise the politics just don't get convoluted enough. But to me, that's what a zombie game should be. You know, other games like Zombie Side are much more popular, though. These are games mm-hmm. where you have this joyous release of just firing semi-automatic weapons into crowds of f- you know, flesh-eating monsters. And, you know, there's a visceral appeal to that. I mean, I get it, but... Eh. I had a tr- problem with Zombie Side when I played it, which was just that the, the crowds of flesh-eating monsters were almost too numerous. <laughs> and I, I found by turn three of the game that I played, I knew I wasn't going to win. And it was just a question of how many zombies could I take out before all of my characters were eaten. See, I have a, I had a bit of the opposite problem. I've never played like base zombie side, but I recently played Zombicide Black Plague, right. which is that's their the kind of like, like the, medieval yeah. transplant. So it's not zombies deployed by some nefarious scientific organization. It's not some like mutated rabies virus. It's like wizards in the bowels of the castle that accidentally, yeah, like necromancers accidentally reanimating the undead. And uh, I really liked it, but I thought it was almost like too easy. Right. And I think that I normally, um, whenever there's a game of that sort of like level with like that sort of detail in the minis, it's all about the minis, you know? That's why I tell myself the more complicated the minis are in a game the more complicated i think the game's gonna be personally it's not always true but it's certainly i find that it's a good indicator well it's also a cool mini or not game and yeah. you know you're going to get good minis out of them mm-hmm. anyway it's would you say cool minis cool, cool minis yes. absolutely very yes. cool minis something um, that um, uh, city of horror and dead of winter both have in common is they don't have minis they have stand-ups mm-hmm. little cardboard stand-ups yeah. with really nice art on them yeah great art and you can move lots of you can you can print a lot of these up fairly cheaply mm-hmm. and get something that's going to have dozens of shambling undead on there without a huge amount more of than dozens I think I oh, think yeah. there's at least I think like in base dead of winter I think there's probably at least maybe like 25 maybe 30 those are cutouts just the of the undead yeah well there's 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 just like 30 of the zombies that have like I think there's like two or three different like zombie shapes and then the humans I think there's maybe like 40 of them Four 40 individual human characters that you can play. And you can play Dead of Winter dozens of times, and by luck of the draw, some of them may not even ever pop up. And the fact that it's about these personalities, the fact mm-hmm. that it's about these individual characters in this story, I think, further serves to emphasize what the focus of that game is. It's not about the zombies. It's about these people. Um, in City of Horror, your characters don't have names. They have, they'll have they be the housewife, mm-hmm. you know, the, the guardsman, the, the kid. I'm the, noticing a lot of kind of parallels here with the feeling of Last Night on Earth as well, in the mm-hmm. sense of while those characters do have names, they are also archetypal, and they're very, very much presented as, you know, You'll see, these are people who you've seen in B-movies before. Yeah. You've met them. Yeah. But Dead of Winter is a little different than that. I mean, Dead of Winter has characters, oh, and they're all definitely, like, 
characters, the you know? The backstory. You feel yeah. like these people had a life before mm-hmm. this happened. But they're all, mm-hmm. it's, it's like, it's all over the place. There's like, there's the, you know, the delinquent student, there's the fireman, there's the truck driver, there's the mayor. Really, it more looks like a, like a not necessarily a B-movie, but like an ensemble piece taking place in a small town where you focus on everybody because somebody could be guilty in the small town. You like slowly go through everybody <laughs> and develop everybody. Well, and what's so cool about Dead Winter as well is I don't know if every single character does. I haven't gone through to check, but certainly most characters have a crossroads card Mm -hmm. uh, which are these narrative cards that Dead of Winter presents you with that give you choices that you may have to take during the game almost every character has a crossroads card dedicated to them where it's if such and such a person is in the game that's when this card fires off and they that get, person so they get a spotlight moment yeah and they get a little narrative that is absolutely exclusive mm-hmm. to them and so there's there's a lot of character based fulfillment mm-hmm. in Dead of Winter I think my favorite thing about Dead of Winter even though I, I like the I really like the character building aspect and like the big story narrative blah 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 mm-hmm. I really 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 like the, what they did with the bite mechanic. Right, yes. And as far as I know, I think Dead of Winter is the only like zombie game where biting doesn't just automatically make you dead. So how how the how the biting mechanic works in Dead of Winter is or how let's take a step back. So Dead of Winter uh, it's the zombie apocalypse has happened. It's winter time. You're based out of what I imagine to be like, in my head, it's like a warehouse. It's like a warehouse with like bunk beds. Um, but there's nothing in the warehouse. So, you know, if you need food or if you need weapons, you need to leave to go to the library or the grocery store or the police station. But that means you need to go outside. And whenever you go outside, so whenever you either leave the warehouse to go wherever or leave wherever to go wherever else, you have to roll this D12. That's called the um, the exposure die. The exposure die yeah. is quite possibly the most cruel piece of plastic so, ever created so by human cruel. hands. So I I think it's what is it it's got two faces that are little blood drops that are three. is it three so three, three, that are, three that are wounds so you like stepped on some glass on your way out and you cut up your foot so now you take a wound um there's little snowflakes that are frostbite which means you took the long way around to play it safe and you got so cold and now you've got a wound that if you don't take care of it immediately will give you another wound at the beginning of your next turn and it has one lonely terrifying little tooth which means that you got bitten and how biting works again linking back to the whole character backstory thing every character like on their character card in the top right corner has this number that's called their influence but i like to call it popularity (laughs) it basically means how popular are you in this little community of people so again like the delinquent student not so popular maybe like a 14 or a 15 but the mayor he's super popular everybody voted for him that's why he's the mayor he got elected it's a big popularity contest um he's got like a nine like a 59 or something uh and if on your way somewhere you get bitten you are now a zombie but you've made it into that place that you're going and the person with the lowest influence is going to get bitten next because that's how popularity works right if i'm in a room with four people and a zombie bursts in who am i going to throw to that zombie so that me and my friends can escape the it's person that i like less work. yeah just being the grossest person is the one who dies yeah first. grossest person meanest person whatever like you're doing it But then now that person is bitten and then they have a choice to make, right? Either they can take one for the team and they can just like, you know, throw themselves out the door or throw themselves on that conveniently placed spike in the corner there and call it. Or they can risk, you know, like chopping off the infected arm or like using that suspicious looking needle of maybe cure that they found in the lab and they can roll the exposure die and they can basically, if you roll this D12, 
and you roll anything except a blank, you're infected, you've been the next person of the lowest influence, and it goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And you can wipe out the entire colony. That's mm-hmm. how that's how we lost our first game. It was like 20 minutes in, one of my idiot friends went from the like the library to police station, the police station was full of his own people, and he kept being like, no, no, it's fine, no, it's fine, this one will have to be fine. <laughs> you gambler's know, fallacy. gambler's fallacy. Like, no, like, the guy got bitten on the way here, this guy's not going to get bitten. No, that guy got bitten. Okay, what about this guy? Like, oh, no, the two got bitten, right, this one's not going to get bitten. You know, four bites later... Here we are. We should add that if you roll a blank on the die when you do that, your guy is absolutely fine, and the the bite. Yeah, was you have you have successfully chopped off stretch. the bitten yeah. arm. Yeah, yeah. 50-50 chance to be just fine. You know, it's this it's it's just superficial. Yeah. It's fine. It so didn't break the, the skin. There is a very good incentive to rolling the die. It's just it has a tendency to go the wrong way. No pun intended. Bite you uh, <laughs> if you do. One of the other things that can be an issue with zombie-themed games, at least at Snakes and Lattes, is for reasons that you guys talked about previously on Monday, um, people who are interested in trying a story-based game for the first time usually want to go with something that they feel that they can grasp, they can understand. Mm -hmm. Most zombie stories take place in the contemporary world. People don't need to learn a lot of background or lore or anything, really. They, They feel like they can grasp this. It's a world that they understand. And these are characters whose motivations they can clearly understand. So rather than going to something like a dungeon-crawling adventure or a science fiction-themed game, um, they'll go with, the, with, the, with a zombie game. But the problem is that in order for a zombie game to work, I mean, the, the two games that we've talked about and heap the most praise on are also quite complicated. They're challenging. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason for that. And that's because in order for them to create these moments, these challenges, that complexity has to be present. Zombie dice, for all of its wonderful accessibility, is not going to make you feel all that much like a zombie. It's not going to give you that immersive narrative experience. No. And at least it works, though, as a game. Most other zombie games, in my experience, fall in this sort of unhappy medium between the two. They're too complicated for somebody who's new to really have an easy time getting their head around, but they're at the same time not complex enough and not interesting enough for the veterans to really have the kind of immersive experience that they want. Games like Run, Fight, or Die, uh, Dead Panic, Zombie Side, yeah, uh, the, was, the Walking Dead comic book game. I was so disappointed by Run, Fight, or Die, actually. I was hoping it was going to be a, a strategic evolution of zombie dice, mm-hmm. uh, which I believe is the phrase I, I used on my own podcast when I was talking about it recently. And it just it, it left me wanting it really was that unhappy medium it was all the drawbacks of zombie dice and all the drawbacks of dead of winter you know all the complexity none of the emergent story that results from that i feel too the problem with you know trendy things you know like we can ag- we agreed monday that zombies are very they're very on trend right now they're well, very in or they were i think they're finally on their way out but when but when they were people yeah. were turning out zombie board games left right and center Absolutely. and just because something is popular people feel that you don't necessarily always have to put that much work into it because people will buy it regardless because people love the theme and that's it for this episode of the Snakes Cast. Uh, we continue to hope that you enjoy the new format and look forward to hearing what you think of it. You can get in touch with us at podcast at snakesandlattes.com to let us know what you think. Uh, if there's other stuff you want to talk about, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, if you want to say hi. Uh, we would like to say thank you to Jonathan for making it in for Friday's episode and joining us as a guest this time. Hey, thanks for having me. This is great. We should do this. 
I like this part. <laughs> uh, the Snakes Cast is produced by Dax Audio and music is provided by Ben Sound. Tune in next week when we talk about worker placement games. The opinions expressed on the Snakes Cast are those of the presenters, that's me, Jonathan, and sometimes David, and guests, and nobody else's. And we'll see you next week. Thank you.